Great. Okay, well, we've been in the Surrender series, and uh, the whole thought at the beginning of the year has been walking with God and intimacy with God, and let's just make 2021 a year where we just refresh our hearts and determine to walk with Jesus. Pretty simple, but as part of that, I've begun speaking about the need for surrender in different points and parts of our lives. And I've talked about uh, surrendering things. I've talked about uh, surrendering uh, things like offense even, things hurts in our life. The need to actually say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Uh, because we have this thing, we, I guess, as people, we have a, a strong sense of identity in ourselves. We have a strong sense of ownership. It was great to hear that testimony of just realizing, look, this is not about me. If I live for others I've come alive and that's exactly what Jesus said but we can you know unwittingly trap ourselves in our own little world where we do think it's about us where we do you know uh, I guess our horizons get narrower or shorter and our lives become small when it's all about us and yet God brings us to points of surrender where we go not my will but yours be done and the moment we do the intimacy that we crave, that so often we wonder where it's gone, but the intimacy immediately comes back. Have you noticed that? The moment you hit a point of surrender and it's like, Lord, I'm going to do this your way, immediately that closeness to God comes back. And I don't think God goes anywhere. I think we do. Just so you know, I don't think God moves. I think we do. The Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, forever. His love is constant. But sometimes we're not experiencing it because we've wandered off on our own little ways. And, uh, and of course, last year was an interesting year. And um, uh, I'm so happy that this year, I think the feel of 2021 is people just want to get into it. Yeah. I mean, you know, last year was pretty crazy. The COVID year, it'll probably become known as or whatever, but it, uh, it had so many disappointments for people. And of course, we're all affected on different levels of it. But, you know, for some people, not being able to attend uh, a family funeral, that's really difficult. You know, I know a couple of pastor friends of mine who've got kids overseas who got married. You know, two guys with daughters and their daughters got married and they could only Skype in. And it's like, boy, did I feel for those blokes. You know, that that really is a disappointment. You know, for some people, it was as simple as travel plans got put on hold. But there was disappointment in it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think right now we're, we're, we're in a change of season. I think most of us just want to get on with it, which means that maybe now is a great time to talk about yeah. disappointment. And maybe even for those who, some of us might even still be trapped in the disappointment of last year. And I really want to encourage you to break the gravitational pull. Yeah of things that have disappointed you in the past so that you can really get into your future. You know, uh, uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, there's a great uh, verse in Scripture that you will have heard many times. I love this passage. It says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. 
I love that passage. Not being afraid, not being discouraged. In other words, to be discouraged is to lose heart, to lose the drive, to lose the passion, to lose the confidence. Do not be discouraged because I'm with you. And I love that passage. What I find interesting is when I look at scripture for disappointment, I don't necessarily find any scripture that commands us not to be disappointed. We have a command not to be discouraged, but not necessarily a command not to be disappointed. And I think the reason is, is because you can't not be disappointed. It's impossible not to be disappointed. If we live on a broken planet, we will, let me assure you, we will be disappointed at some stage. But what I, what I sense is that there is a big difference between disappointment and discouragement. It's like discouragement is disappointment gone to seed. You might not be able to shield yourself from disappointment, but what you do in response to disappointment will determine whether you move into a place of losing heart, losing confidence, losing courage, losing the drive and the desire to go forward. And that is where scripture commands us not to go. I find it interesting that it's a command not to be discouraged. Because often we live at the mercy of our feelings and we just feel a certain way and we think I've got every right to feel a certain way. I can point to my circumstances. I can point to the uh, the disappointments of my life and I've got every reason to feel this way and yet scripture almost treats discouragement like a character flaw. That's how scripture talks about character flaws. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't be discouraged. And I think what scripture is really saying is don't let your disappointment go to seed. Don't let it evolve into something more. We'll all be disappointed, but what we do with our disappointments is critical. Now, remember where this passage is spoken, the people were moving into their promised land finally. And it's like the last command they're given. Basically, you could put it this way. If you let discouragement take hold, you'll never get a hold of what God actually has for you. So I just want to give us some real practical stuff today. Practical pastoral message on defeating disappointment. The key is to defeat it early. (laughs) To get on top of your feelings early. Defeat it early before it takes hold, takes root, goes to seed and becomes something that robs you from the confidence and the, and the energy to go forward with your life. Here's some simple things. You ready to go? This is going to be ultra practical today. You good? Yes. Theology last week, simple practice this week. Is that okay? Hit the brakes early. Hit the brakes early. Sue and I were coming back from the coast yesterday on the M1, as you do. Everyone's doing 115 or 118 and 110 kilometer zone. I wasn't. I was not. I was just moving with the traffic, trying not to get run over. But it's, it's, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, you see a pair of traffic lights 200 metres ahead and only a few people break for them. Wow. And it's like, it's like as soon as you see brake lights ahead, that should tell you something. Yeah. But the amount of people that then go screaming up, nearly rear-end someone, are all over the road, all over the brake, and then go past waving unhappy things at people who break like that it's like brake lights tell you something 
that you know it's it's about to slow down hitting the brakes early when you're driving a motor car is much better than hitting the brakes too late true come on who's ever hit the brakes too late and uh and I think it's exactly the same when it comes to what's going on inside of us in our response to our own feelings one of the most powerful things that we can learn is that we actually can control some of at least what we think about which leads to what we feel about we can control some of that we can try and shut some of it down and one of the greatest days of our life is when we take responsibility for what we're thinking and therefore are able to change a bit of what we're feeling when we realize we are not at the mercy of our mind now I know that can be a difficult thing but everywhere in scripture it exhorts us it says things like this in Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28 it says that he who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls in other words a totally vulnerable life if you don't determine to rule your own spirit and then a proverb a little bit earlier than that had actually said he who rules his own spirit is better better than a mighty man who takes a city if you can actually rule what's pinging around on the inside of you. And when it comes to discouragement, oh sorry, disappointment that's headed towards discouragement, we have an opportunity to see the light come on and hit the brakes early rather than what we love to do most of the time is have a pity party. And when we do that, we celebrate our loss by recounting it and rolling it around And it's going around in our head and it's coming out of our mouth. And we wonder why we begin to feel discouraged. When actually hitting the brakes early is an absolute key. The Bible puts it this way in the New Testament. Paul says you can literally arrest your thoughts. You can arrest them and make them obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I love seeing David do it. Psalm 42 verse 5. Now we're not sure what this psalm is particularly attached to, but it's quite possible that this is a psalm attached to the incident at a place called Ziklag, where David had gathered all the mighty men and he sort of, he was still being very tribal. He hadn't come to the throne of Israel yet, but they were living in the wilderness and they were, you know, they were fighting tribal, feudal wars with other nations, etc., And they were doing pretty well. And then David went out raiding one day and the enemy came in and took the camp. Took all the people captive, stole all the stuff. And when the the men came back, it had been a disaster. And the Bible says they spoke of stoning him. They were just going to kill him for it. David, you've made a huge blunder. Now, all of these guys, remember, these were the people, they were basically the off-scourings of society that had banded to David. And he'd actually given them a life. It's funny how people's fickle attitudes change. And uh, and yet the Bible says in that same passage that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Good key. When there's no one else to encourage you, encourage yourself. And we come to Psalm 42 verse 5. And this could possibly actually be a psalm that came out of that experience where David says this. And he asks himself a question. 
He starts speaking to his own soul. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. And I love that. You can speak to your own soul. That's what David did. Come on, have you ever found yourself downcast? Well, don't agree with yourself. You know, again, we we feel at the mercy like, well, I just feel that way and that's just the way it is. David didn't. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you downcast? He had every reason to be. Why are you downcast? Hope in God. There's something bigger than you, David, pulling you through into your future. And if you can't have hope in that, hit the brakes early. You catch yourself. I'm disappointed by that. Yep, that happens. Can't avoid it can't avoid disappointment in a broken world you won't do it but what you do with it next that's critical hit the brakes early second thought you doing okay out there the second thought determined to be easily impressed i preached this as a whole message at our heart and soul night so this is just this is where it came from for those who were at heart and soul a month or so ago but was just this simple thought, determined to be easily impressed. This is a phrase that for Sue and I has just become like a, a life motto in one sense. And, uh, and it's funny how you can have certain things that you discover a principle and you think, wow, that's a powerful principle of life. And then life rolls on and you forget about it. Wow. And then you get bitten because you forgot about it. Yeah. And it brings it back to the fore and you practice it. And all of a sudden you think, man, why did I ever forget about this? Determine to be easily impressed. Now, Sue and I have learned to love great coffee. I mean, come on, who else? Who else is a coffee fiend here? And uh, I was going to say appreciate, but I just can't say the word appreciate. I've got to say love in the way that, you know, in the way that we love homemade pizza crust, that kind of love. And, uh, And we've come to love it. And really enjoy it, but I'm not sure, I'm not convinced. That's a great thing. For all of us coffee lovers who love coffee, since you became a coffee snob, how much harder is it to find good coffee? But I'm pretty sure it's got nothing to do with coffee. You know what I mean? Like I don't think coffee, I think coffee is the best it's ever been everywhere. Even the places you don't want to drink it. As a matter of fact, we turn our noses up now at stuff that 10 years ago we would have thought was the best thing we'd ever tasted. See, because our expectations are so high, the gap between our expectations and reality has gotten a lot bigger. And therefore our potential for disappointment has grown. And if you notice that we live in a society with high expectations, huge, unrealistic expectations on things like beauty, friendship, wealth, all kinds of things where the bar is set here and reality for most people is here. And man, when you set the bar that high, it is impossible not to live disappointed. It's impossible. But you know what? We can make a choice. There's a different way. We have every right. We have every right to reset the bar where we want it to be. And I want to encourage us. Let's be counterintuitive. 
When I think of it, I look at Jesus' life. I look at all the times Jesus said things like, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. And what Jesus was doing was being totally countercultural, counterintuitive when he said those statements. And we've got the opportunity to do that simply by reversing the trend of our society to go, impress me. Come on, that's our society. Impress me, entertain me, whatever it is. And we can actually determine to be easily impressed. I'm just going to lower the bar here. And all of a sudden, lots of things become a lot better. Lots of things become less disappointing. You know, uh, Australia Day this year, the lead up into Australia Day weekend, Sue and I had had a, like, just an unusually difficult week where we'd had some difficult news from, from people that we know and love in ministry and uh, uh, a few appointments, a few things went down that week that were just all less than encouraging. And we hit uh, Australia Day and I was just going to go work on one of my old cars. And we got up, got out of, got out of bed, and I just realised that wasn't the thing to do. You know, like occasionally in 30 years, a husband can get it right. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, Sue wasn't feeling great. I was feeling okay, which has always worked well in our relationship. Generally, one of us is up. It's normally Sue, but this day it tended to be me. And, um, and it was like a lot of things are going on. There's been a bit of disappointment this week. And, uh, and then I just said to Sue, we're going to go out and we're going to find good coffee. But before we do, we're going to determine to be easily impressed. Because honestly, I didn't know what was open in Toowoomba. I didn't, I didn't realise at that point that almost every coffee shop in Toowoomba was still open. But I wasn't expecting that. And we knew that our regular haunt wasn't open. And I said, but we're going to go. Before we go, come on, let's practice again. We've forgotten about it. Let's practice again. Determined to be easily impressed. Now, that day had started with like a rain cloud over the top of it for us. And we went out. We went straight down the street. First place we went to, shout out to Banter. Uh, we found excellent coffee. Oh, and that was a win. Straight away, the day was looking better. So then we went to Kmart. Because there's always bargains at Kmart. And of course, on my day off, there's no place I'd rather go than Kmart. And it was funny. While we're in Grand Central, we bumped into three families from this, this community, wow. this church. And great people. And had conversations in hallways. Saw Andrew Yong. He was in Kmart with us. But he'd got a, he'd got a trolley because he's been to Kmart before. And he knows that you can't go to Kmart without buying things you don't need. And so he's got the trolley and I'm sort of a little bit snooty, like I don't need a trolley because we're just cruising through, gonna, you know, not going to grab much. Anyway, uh, we passed again as we were going through the checkouts and, you know, he's wheeling his trolley, you know, in, with his moderate little load there. And I'm carrying stuff like this. So I should have got a trolley. So we got a couple of bargains at Kmart. I went home and did some yard work in the afternoon. We lit, the, we lit the fire pit that night and had family around. And in all honesty, I think Australia Day 2021 is the best one I can remember for years. And it, it just, I can't help but thinking, how would that day have ended if we hadn't determined to be easily impressed? If we hadn't sort of got a bit of a realistic expectation back in our mind? And lastly, last thought, determined to be easily impressed. Hit the brakes early. Determined to be easily impressed. And the second one is you've got you to talk about it. 
You've got to stare with your mouth, in other words. Now, I won't be long on this point, but I do want to just bring this point really quickly. Don't forget to talk about being easily impressed. Proverbs 18.21, it's a, it's a phenomenal proverb, a cornerstone proverb. That death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I've always seen it this way, that today's confession is tomorrow's feast. What do you want your life to look like tomorrow? Well, you better start talking about it today. And it's an amazing thing when you start talking differently about your life and your circumstances. Your life and your circumstances might not change. But what I found is the way that you see your life and your circumstances, that does change. It becomes a filter for how you're seeing your life. If you can hit the brakes early, if you can determine to be easily impressed, and if you can speak well, you're a long way down the track to defeating disappointment right where it happens and not allowing it to turn into some soul-sapping thing. And, And when I look at it, when I look at encouragement from the Scripture, you know, the verse I had for uh, determined to be easily impressed was, was Jesus in Matthew 6, where he, he simply says, you know, don't worry about food and the clothes and clothing, all the external stuff. And he says this powerful phrase, for your life is more. Your life is more than what you do or don't have. Your life is more than the circumstances you find yourself in. And when I think, well, what is that? To me, I think the only thing he can be talking about is our actual experience of life. Not the things we have and not even the things that are happening, but the way we determine to experience life. If we have our inner world in some sort of order, then the disorder and the chaos from without is actually generally handleable. There will always be crisis. There will always be things that go off the scale and really throw us. But that's not most of life. Most of life are things that actually, if we hit the brakes early, if we keep a great attitude, determining to be easily impressed, if we keep our tongue harnessed, you know, Jesus said that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. I I honestly think if you can harness your tongue, you begin to harness your heart. If, if we can make those simple moves, then I tell you what, you can defeat disappointment before it damages you, before it damages those around you. And you can be a reflection of the life that God has given you. Here's some questions for us just as we close. Real quick, ask yourself this. Can you identify anything you currently face that you need to refill courage for. Maybe you've lost courage on it. You need to refill courage on it. It might be too hard, too, too late to hit the brakes, but can I encourage you? Determine to be easily impressed. <laughs> Start with small goals. If the big goal looks like it will never happen, go back to little ones. That's what determining to be easily impressed is. Everything a win. Just It's not changing things, it's just seeing things differently. Another question, is there an area of disappointment where you need to hit the brakes and refuse discouragement? So you might be right now facing a 
disappointment that's just threatening to take you somewhere you don't want to go. It's going to take you somewhere your soul can't afford to go. And if you can recognize that, you've got an opportunity this morning. You can very intentionally hit the brakes early. Go, hang on a sec. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't afford to be thinking that way. I can't afford to be saying that to myself. I've got to pull that into line before it takes me somewhere I don't want to go. Does your attitude towards life or toward life serve you well or is it setting you up for disappointment? You know, how's your attitude towards life? What's your expectations? Because we either set ourselves up for a win or we set ourselves up for disappointment. Would you say you're easily impressed or easily disappointed? Here's a powerful one maybe to apply that. What would people around you say? People you work with, your spouse, your kids, your parents, what would they say? Would they say you are easily disappointed or you're easily impressed? And I tell you what, impressed is a great way to live. I love being impressed. I love it when things impress me. So when I set myself up so that most things impress me, it makes for a happy life. What would people around you say of you? And do your conversations both internal, in other words, your self-talk, and external, what you're saying to people around you, do they reflect your ability to be easily impressed or disappointed? Hit the brakes early, determined to be easily impressed, and then your conversations, your, your language should actually be feeding the life you want not necessarily the life you have unless you want more of it does that make sense be a little bit prophetic about our lives and we can defeat disappointment come on let's stand let's stand together i hope you're blessed this morning i hope that's helpful it's gone very quiet gone very quiet that's okay i just know it's people resetting their expectations you know, imagine, imagine a marriage where both spouses spoke well of one another, spoke well of their home, were determined to be easily impressed with one another. That, that's a happy home. A marriage where people were determined to hit the brakes early before resentment. Those kind of things began to build. Wow, you're talking about building the kind of life God actually wants us to build. You can apply that to friendships. You can apply that to business and business opportunities. Apply it to all of life. Just imagine how different life can be if we just hit the brakes early on disappointment, set our expectations countercultural, speak well. I think that's a roadmap to a better place.